Hi, I'm Princess Rara. And I'm Dara, the Electro Khaleesi. And this is Pink Kink, the podcast where we talk about the pretty, twisted side of pink. Today's episode is produced by our electrifying pink kinksters, the ESW, Jay, Tempest, Brianna Lynn, Daddy J, Fabe, Embers, William P, Lady, Claire, Savage Heart, Mr. N and Mrs. Jess, Mistress Good Girl, Lady Blooding, Gardner, Daddy Longlegs, Cassie, Primal Empress, Kay's Clockwork, Baby Girl, Harley Gentleman, and Mistress Francesca. Pink Kink runs off the generosity of our devoted patrons. As a patron, you will become a member of our special Discord server, receive some adorable Pink Kink stickers, as well as have access to a monthly behind-the-scenes podcast. In addition, our impactful and electrifying Pink Kinksters get special audio and video episodes. And finally, patrons at our highest tier will be recognized as producers, both here on the podcast and on our website. If you would like to become a patron, you can visit us at patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast or click the link at pinkkinkpodcast.com. We are very lucky today to have a special guest with us. One of the topics that has come up a lot on social media is mentoring and who should and shouldn't mentor if mentors should or shouldn't cross the slash and I got really lucky because my friend Moxie Minion here teaches a class about mentoring. Hi, Moxie. Hi. And so Moxie was kind enough to say, yes, I would love to talk about mentoring. So yay. <laughs> yeah, totally lucky. Thank you so much for helping us out. We love, love, love having guests on the show. So could you just tell us really quick a little about your class? Okay, so my class on mentoring, um, it's one of like the five to six classes that I teach, really came about from my own experience in mentoring. I participated in a, and this is phenomenal when I say it out loud, 10-year mentorship when I was training to be a bootleg. Was it designed to be 10 years? No, but we kind of, life events happened in the middle of it, and so it just kept going on. And that's when I talk about mentoring, I'm talking about how it pertained to me and how what my experiences could help others on their own journey. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so let's let's first define what mentoring within the BDSM lifestyle means. Mentoring means to help someone along their path. So if you want to be a sub or be a brat or be a dom, Mentoring is someone who also is in that role who can help you and hold your hand on the path. It's also used often in technical sides of BDSM. So like boot black mentorship or sometimes like whip mentors and things like that. But it's really just a tool to have a a relationship that can help you avoid some pitfalls that may happen. So like a guide of some kind? Correct. Like a guide. Um, I came, I originally have been mentored not only in BDSM, but I also did a mentorship with my NILA job for a while when I was a youth pastor. And like, they really I like NILA. 
they they really like my my mentorship as a youth pastor really helped feed my other mentorship because my mentor there had been a mentor for ages and was just great. It was like, okay, here's the path we want to go. Let's set some goals and let's go. And when I talked about that with my kink mentor, they're like, that's awesome. Let's do that too. <laughs> so. Oh, cool. Okay. Now, how does a, how does mentor versus teacher work out? Are they the same thing? Are they different? Mentor versus teacher, in my experiences and in the experiences around me, it's a dynamic. It is 100% a dynamic. When I walk into a class, say I go to a class on flogging, that's just a class. That class is going to end in 90 minutes. A mentorship is meant to last a time period. And there's definitely someone who is in power and someone who is learning to be in power in that balance. Okay, awesome. So like a teacher is just like for the time period of the class and the mentor is more of a one-on-one relationship kind of thing. A mentor, exactly. It's more of a one-on-one relationship type, type, type of thing. And they're also invested in you. They also want to see you do well, partially because their name is now attached to you. Mm-hmm. But they want to see you do well. They want to, They want the best for you. A teacher... They don't know you. True. Well, it depends on the setting. True. Well, but she's talking more than, I mean, more than um, somebody who you have several classes with you and they get to know you. One class. You take one class at a convention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that I get. I'm just like, if you see the person as a teacher, if you see many, many people, multiple classes over the course of however many times, yeah, you're invested. But yeah, one class at a convention, not so much. You're just imparting your information. I get it. What is the advantage to having a mentor versus not? I mean, I I never really had a mentor in this lifestyle. And I'll kind of go into that a little bit further when we get to some other questions. <laughs> I had yeah. somebody who claimed they were going to be my mentor and it turned into something totally different. <laughs> Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He it, it's what we made. call my ex who our relationship started with he was going to be my mentor but that's that's we'll, we'll get into all that kind of stuff but w- what is the advantage why have a mentor it's easy for me is they've already made some mistakes and like when we all jump into this lifestyle we know that there are major pitfalls like when you jump into the lifestyle you're gonna get hit with you know the I have no limits people who are like, I can do anything you want. <laughs> no, no, they can't. But a mentor helps go, ooh, that one? Yeah, avoid that. It's a protection of sorts. And it's also someone who could tap you on the shoulder and go, hey, did you really think this out? Did you really did you really screen this new play partner? Because uh, it doesn't <laughs> look very good from over here. And it's, it's that <laughs> friend, big sister type person who's like, you're about to mess up and you're about to mess up real big. How about we not do that? Okay. How often do you really listen to the big sister though? How often did your sister actually listen to you when you told her she's about to fuck up? I didn't speak to my sister, but like my friends who I am like a big sister to, they listen somewhat. Sometimes, maybe. We'll still all make our own mistakes, but... Someone there who has done it previously, who's probably made the mistake when you do it after they told you so. First of all, they'll tell you, I told you so. 
second. Be like, <laughs> yeah. And this is how we're going to repair this little mess you made. Yeah. Well, I think it's also different, too, because a mentor is somebody you sought out and you sought out for them to help you. So I would hope you would listen to them versus just your friend who's decided to throw their own two cents into the mix of what you're doing wrong versus somebody that you have specifically sought out to say, hey, help guide me, help teach me, help make sure I don't screw up. Right. This is somebody that you would have said, hey, if I'm screwing up, let me know. Exactly. Exactly. So another question is, can your partner be your mentor? Absolutely. Positively. In my opinion, in my book, no. Oh, I thought she was going a completely different direction with that. Surprise! (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely got me. No. Okay, so why? Why? Because your mentor relationship, on one thing, it's you're dealing with very raw emotions, which you also deal with in a relationship, sexual or romantic relationship. But when you're dealing in a sexual and romantic relationship, often your brain goes... I don't want to let them down. I don't want to hurt them. In that style, when your romantic partner is also, quote unquote, your mentor, it can look and feel like grooming because they are telling you exactly what they want you to do to benefit them, even if they don't realize it. Even if they try and come at it from an aspect of, oh, this is just mentoring. Our brains and the way we think, especially when we're in romantic relationships, is how can this benefit me? How can I get the feel goods? So to that point, I did that (laughs) with my current daddy. I am the one that trained him in BDSM. I am his only BDSM partner he ever had. He was never in it before me. And I pretty much groomed him to be my daddy. Yep. It has so, red flag. Yeah, right. No, I'm a horrible person. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. I have ruined him for all other perspectives. Okay, but you reward you rewarded him with orgasms. I do that all the time, though. So yeah, no, there is that. No, but I just um, I'm just saying. Sometimes I don't think that's necessarily bad. Of course, he knew exactly what I was doing and why I was doing it. I went daddy hunting. Found this person who was basically vanilla who said, yeah, I'll I'll be into that. Just teach me. And I was like, okay. And it's one thing, but you did not go into this going, I am a mentor. True. You went into this. You knew flat out that he went into this going, I'm going to learn how to please you. That's true. He pretty much went into it. I'm going to learn how to be her daddy. Yeah. Not everyone's daddy or a daddy in general. Yeah. That's true. So I guess it's like, it's kind of that negotiation depending on the relationship. And he did consent to that. And he knew exactly what was going on. So right versus what happened with me with Voldemort. Yeah, where I joined the lifestyle and I put out I was looking for a mentor because I was brand new. And when he responded, there was no intention of us being in a relationship together or dynamic together. He was going to be my mentor and teach me about the lifestyle. And within three weeks, he was my dom. That's fast. Yeah, I move fast. I'm, I'm, we joke. I'm not a toe dipper. When I decide I'm going <laughs> to do something, me. I just dive head first and I don't live with regret. regrets. I like 
Whatever. It seemed yeah. like a good idea at the time. It didn't work out. I move on. But I'm pretty sure if you dive headfirst into the shallow end of the pool, you're going to hurt something. I did. <laughs> Basically, I found out Voldemort was the kiddie pool. And oh I dove head God. Oh, and I dove head first into painful. it. And so, so, yeah, ouch. I think you broke your neck on that one. <laughs> Have we cleaned the kiddie pool of all the poo yet? Oh, it's clean. Okay. <laughs> this is a wonderful analogy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he really, you want to talk about grooming. That's, yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. And I fell for it. And I was not a young, impressionable woman when I fell for it. I was a middle-aged mom. And I still fell for it. Because he made it sound good and reasonable. I think it wasn't the whole middle-aged, but I think it was just the new part. Right, but he, he went for everybody from 18-year-olds to no, middle-aged moms. No, I was his first middle-aged mom, and he learned. He, notice all of his partners after were not. That's true. Because my naivety didn't last as long as theirs does. No, nah, and he kicked his ass on the way out the door. So, <laughs> But we digress again. <laughs> we do that a lot. I hope you're not like offended. But oh, not at all. We lose topics. We lose our way. <laughs> but yeah, so he really... Um, so I kind of see where you're coming from with the partner not being being your mentor, because that's exactly what happened to me. Now, here's what's interesting, though. My submissive had reached out to me initially. My submissive already had a male presenting Dom and they wanted to bring in another woman. And I was brought in basically to mentor them both because oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah, because while they they'd only been in the lifestyle a year. Mm-hmm. And they had only ever been with each other and they hadn't been to public events. It was all just the two of them privately. So I was brought in to mentor them both and ended up, they broke up, but she stayed with me and somehow became my submissive. But how long were you mentoring her before she became your submissive? A month. Ooh. But again, I didn't go into it with the with the thought of her being my submissive. They approached me and said, as I'm mentoring them, would you like to also be her dom? How did mm-hmm. that make your brain react? How did your brain react to that conversation? Um, I didn't really think twice about it because one of the things that I do within my local community is I sort of serve as an informal mentor for people. I'm the one they come to with questions or need help or need direction. I joke, I know way more about people than I ever meant to because I get private messages where they share a lot of information with me uh, as somebody to be a voice of reason and advice and helpful. But I've never like been called somebody's mentor or officially served. So I didn't think twice about it. This was just somebody else I was helping. Okay. And plus, the, the way you do the relationship in general is always helping. Yeah. My dominant side is, um, is service oriented where I try to make my submissive the best that they can be. It's not about me personally. So your dominant side, is it almost a caretaking role also? Yes. Okay. Okay. But I just don't use that. I was going to say, but she doesn't label herself a caretaker. Well, because I don't, I don't want anybody calling me mommy. So it's all good. <laughs> I'm that way. I'm like, I have kids. I don't know. <laughs> no. Right? They, that's their word. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, I guess I did really think about it. But now looking back, 
it's a little odd what happened. But again, I didn't seek them out mm-hmm. with the purpose of grooming grooming her to be my submissive. So, like, here's a question. If it happened again, if you were called to mentor someone and then they eventually, after like a month or so, asked you to be their dom, what would be your reaction now? Because that first one was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I would probably say, no, I will serve as either, but not both. I think if you go into it and you're like serving as both, even when like both is dropped in your lap, because I'm, I'm a type of person who like, I'm never looking for relationships. They just kind of happen. And I'm like, Oh, we're in a relationship. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) When it's dropped in your lap is a totally different than going out and searching it out or going, Oh, I'm your mentor. Oh, well, let's add this side to it. Dropping in your lap is, I'm not going to say it's good or bad or indifferent. It's just a totally different experience and not one that I think anyone can really judge because unless it's happening to you in the exact same way, you have no clue. Yeah. Right. Do you recommend getting one mentor overall or having, let's say, multiple mentors for different things? So if you've got Uh, like a mentor for each kink you're interested in or just one mentor who does everything, what would be ideal in your mind? Oh, there's like, there's two answers to this. So (laughs) you can answer both. We've got time. So like ideally to me, it depends on where you are in your process. If someone is just brand new coming into kink, like, Oh, I found this yesterday. I'm really con. I'm going to use the word confused because when you jump in that pool, it becomes very overwhelming and there's all the things to taste. One mentor in that, in that position is great to help you hone your skills and figure out what your interests really are. Cause that mentor could be the person who takes you to the kink tasting where you get to, you know, try flogging and try needles and try cupping and go through all of that. Once you're in the lifestyle for a while and say you have a super crazy interest in boot blacking and you have a super crazy interest in needle play, I definitely would search out two different mentors. Yeah. So like you, you want to find the expert. You want to find that expert. You want to find that person who's been doing it for years and years and that's, that's their gig. But when you first start and you're tasting everything, Go for that one person who's pretty well-rounded, who's been around for a while. I really like the idea of tasting. Like, every time you say that word, I'm like, ooh, yummy. I <laughs> kink love tasting. Kink, kink tasting. tasting events. I love them because that's a chance for you to get outside your box. Because there are certain things, and I, I go to needle play because I'm, I'm a needle and blood player. There are certain Yay. things that... You probably shouldn't, like, pick up and try at home for the first time. Spanking, you're probably not going to go super wrong. <laughs> Flogging, crops, that type of thing. You, you can take some left turns, but the left turns are much, much less than, say, a blood play or a fire play or any of the edge plays. Well, it's really easy. If you take a left turn, you just continue to take left turns until you get back on the same road that you were before. <laughs> Yeah, I um I got to try <laughs> vacuum play, vac bed play. Oh yeah. Because that's a very expensive mm-hmm. hobby. And you don't happen you're not gonna go out and spend hundreds of dollars 
on a vac bed without knowing whether or not you like it. Exactly. Exactly. So the ability to go to an event and try it and go, oh, wow, okay, this is fun. Maybe I will invest the money. So funny thing about vac beds is that's one of the first play I ever did. Ever. I'm so jealous of you guys. I Wait, She can't do it because she has a latex allergy, oh, so she can't do any of that. Bad. I really, really want to, though. Like, is there a way that we can arrange it so that it doesn't use latex? Is there an alternative? Mm, not that I'm aware I of. No, I can't think of any. I'm really jealous. Like, I absolutely want to do that. It's I want to float. It's so cool. And I a billion and a half years ago when I was in college, I was dating a girl <laughs> who really she just liked to be naked in front of people. Like that was her thing. And the only place we could do Why that. Why are you looking at me? It wasn't me who was dating her. <laughs> there are other people like me who like to be naked. True. <laughs> but the only place that we could easily do that was the fetish club that opened once a month. Like I think Dominion did like monthly parties and someone always brought a back bed and like it was super slow one day and they're like, you want to give it a try? And like, I had no clue other than Missy loved to hang out naked, anything. And I was like, okay. And they're like, okay. Go to your underwear or as comfortable as you are and climb up. I was in heaven. Absolute heaven. I was like, these are my people. This is my place. What do I do next? Were you? Aww. Was it one of those that you were lying down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, yeah. I've done the ones you lie down. I did one where you're standing. Oh, cool. And then I've done an actual vac cube where you get in on your ah. hands and knees. And then after all the air is sucked out, they it- tilt it. And so, then you're floating. And then you're just floating. I've you're like in a those. prism. There yeah, was- her ex had one here, and that was like a huge hit at parties for a really long time. My daddy actually did it. That is awesome. It was one of the first times, first activities he ever did at a party, because usually he's more social than activity-oriented at a party. And he just was like, yep, I'm naked, gets in the box, flip him upside down. It was great. There was a vendor at IML that always had the cubes out and they would have like a line for people to demo them. And I would just watch. I'd be like, Oh, so cool. All right. So how about rules about mentoring? What, what would you tell somebody who's brand new rules about either being a mentor or having a mentor? It 100% for me, it is not a sexual relationship. I've kind of touched on that earlier because sex clouds things, sex clouds, judgment, like sex releases the happy chemicals that make everything okay when we it puts the rose colored glasses on us that's always my biggest rule the second one is i strongly believe that it should not cross the slash submissives mentor submissives doms mentor doms because we have two very different paths that we are on and Dom struggles are different than sub struggles and different than switch struggles because we all, we play a lot of mental gymnastics in our life. We play a lot of mental gymnastics because we are taught growing up that being submissive is bad. Like submitting to someone else is bad. We need to be powerful. We need to be dominant. We need to prove our points. But here we are going, but I want to be submissive. I want to have someone take care of me. I want to, if you're a service sub, take care of someone else. This brings me joy. And 
especially in the patriarchal society we live in, that's considered not good. And the, the same side on the doms. Doms are trained as a human, especially male doms, that hitting a woman is bad in our everyday vanilla life. Hitting a woman is bad, but we want them to do it and they want to do it. And that whole mental flip that they have to do, even though we have requested it, can really mess with their head. And while I don't understand why my daddy needs that quiet time and that alone time to sort through his thoughts after we've had a huge cathartic scene, another Dom will, because they've also been in that space. Right. Okay. So going on that, should we make it more, um, even more specific than that? Should males only mentor males and females only mentor females? Or is there more fluidity in that? I think there's a huge fluidity in gender in general. Yes. We all can touch in on the more feminine aspects of our lives and the more male aspects. And I strongly believe as an overall, the more access we have to gender fluidity, the better and more rounded people we will be. So I would never, I would never draw that line. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know one of the things that came up in the discussions, disagreements and social media was specific to male identifying submissives, because as you talked about, there's the whole idea that a, that a man should be submissive Mm -hmm. does have its own stigma attached to it. So is it really, could a, could a, a, somebody who identifies as female really be able to speak to that? I probably not. And I'm okay with being wrong. Um, probably, <laughs> probably not because they're jumping through a lot more hoops in their brain. And I'm going back to the whole, like, we're not supposed to hit women. They're jumping through same hoop levels. I would say as that Dom is because they're not supposed to be submissive. They're not. And especially if this is where I would go specialized. If a male submissive is really into say like a sissy kink or there aren't that many male like domestic service subs that I have seen. I would like to find some. If there are any out (laughs) there, I am a switch. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I love when people do that when they like, I am just going to use this platform (laughs) as a way to (laughs) Robert does it all the time. Yeah. But, um, I would really dive into almost a specialized in that situation just because I'm not going to have those same experiences. But I also, if I am mentoring you and something big like that comes up or you're struggling with something that you don't actually understand or you're struggling really hard and it's something that's not in my wheelhouse, I am the first to say, I don't know how to do this. Let's look for someone. Let's together find someone that you can talk to about this and then i'll put a call out on my social media going hey who do i know that likes xyz this week's episode is sponsored by an incredibly talented photographer jay Yi. jay offers a wide variety of vanilla photo shoots such as headshots conventions weddings family photos dating profile photos proposals and more rara and i have known jay for years and when his clients have given permission, we've been able to see some of his photos. And wow, 
We are amazed at how he is able to capture a moment in time that shows the joy and beauty of the people in the photo. I remember seeing some maternity shots that he did, and the mother was glowing. I can only imagine how it will feel to look back on those photos years from now and remember the excitement she felt that was so clearly captured in the photos. But what's so cool about Jay is he is a kinkster himself, so he also offers amazing kink photos. He can do solo shoots, such as boudoir photos, or couple shoots, like a collaring ceremony. Maybe you want professional shots of your scenes, like rope suspension. If you have an idea, Jay can probably make it happen. He works throughout the Maryland, Virginia, and D.C. areas, but he's also willing to travel to some parts of West Virginia. You can reach out to Jay to discuss your photo needs either through his website at www.jyephoto.com. That's J-Y-I-P-H-O-T-O dot com or even through FetLife. His handle is ISO800. And if you visit his website, which we will list in the show notes, you can see some of his beautiful work. So if you need someone to help you capture those once-in-a-lifetime moments, check out jyephoto.com. One of the interesting things, too, is that I know there were people talking about the fact that, and this seemed to be more specific um, with male submissives, because I know I've seen it myself. Some of the predatory men who use the term dom. I don't like to call them dom because they're not really. Mm-hmm. What do but we call them again? Ca- I'm calling them predators. Oh. Um, oh they use they use mentorship as a way to to attract the young ladies and to groom the young ladies. And I know, as I said, that's what happened to me. I just wasn't young, but it happened to me. And I think that's a lot of reason I come at it from the fact that mentorship should not cross the slash but doesn't it come down really to the integrity of of the mentor so if you have a a really good person who is coming at it from the right mind frame and really just wants to help and it's not about grooming and it's not about being a predator it i mean is it really such a bad thing if they're helping a submissive again the example that came up a lot was the female dominant and the male submissive because of the fact that many men sort of hide their submissive side and don't even like to admit to others that they have that submissive side okay but female doms can also be predators well yes i i know that i'm just this Mm -hmm. uh, this is the devil's advocate part this was what some people were saying as to why they thought it wasn't a big deal to cross the slash because they're looking at it going, look, I'm, I'm a good person. I mentored these people without, without grooming, without taking advantage of situations. I truly was trying to help. Why is that such a bad thing? So here's my question then. To, and, I, and I've asked this question. Are you playing with your, with your mentee? Are you seening with your mentee? Because that's really, to me, where the line gets crossed. And that's where people can get hurt without even realizing it. Because I don't know about either one of you. For a long time, my safe word carried shame. Because if I safe worded, my brain went, I have just let them down. Yeah, not not just you. There's a lot of submissives that way. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they're they're still going. They're still going hard. They might want to go harder and I can't do it. And at no point in time in a mentor-mentee style relationship would I want that that 
thought process to go through that blockage of, I can't do this. I have now let them down. All right. I get that. I mean, I mentored somebody in electro, but they started out as somebody that I seemed with. And then we kind of moved past it. And I don't think I've seen with him since I really became his mentor. I don't, I'm trying to remember. I don't think so. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's nothing that says you can't change from one to the other. It's well, depending doing, on what it's direction the you both. go in. And there is a difference between seeing, because this came up in the conversation too. There's a difference between seeing and going, this is how this implement feels. Yes. There, when I have taught people needles, I let them fire them through me and I will fire them through them because that's one of the things where it is 100% a feel thing. I don't like needles. I love them. They're amazing. <laughs> You're saying fire through and I'm like, oh my God, what? <laughs> and my eyes are going, yes, yes, do it, do it. <laughs> it makes me just think of like, you holding a gun to my skin and going, all right, bombs away. And it's like, no, 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 no. Needles no, that's are very the best different. endorphin rush I have ever had in a, in a scene. Look, I get blood work all the time. That shit is not that fun. I don't know what's wrong with you people. <laughs> it's so different. I was recently in the hospital and I'm like, this is totally non-consensual needle play. <laughs> it's not the same. It's totally different. But that's also, remember... What you don't understand is that the blood work and stuff that you go, they're going down and deep because they're trying mm-hmm. to hit your vein. Needle play, it's much more surface. Mm-hmm. And it's If they hit your vein, they've done fucked up. Yeah. The needle play person. Yeah. Not the nurse. Not the nurse. The nurse, you want that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I told the nurse, like, I think I got blood work last week or whatever. The nurse gets my vein. She does a pretty good job. I was like, oh, you're awesome. I didn't even actually feel that. Great job. Puts the gauze on it, says, hold this. And it's, um, do you want tape or band-aid? I'm like, nah, it'll stop in a second. It's all usually good. So I hold it. I throw the thing out. I go sit down and I look down mm-hmm. and there's blood dripping down my arm. Did you pass out? I was, I actually jumped up, ran back to the nurse's station. I was like, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so- and I'm like freaking out because I don't, I, the blood is coming out of my arm and it doesn't belong outside of my arm. It belongs in my arm. It needs to get back in there. So, yeah, I freaked. I'm running around the nurse's oh, station, man. dripping blood. I was wrong. Fix it. I'm sorry I missed that. Oh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> My needle top <laughs> is actually a nurse. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> and she See, is that's a, that, the most sadistic person That's interesting person because ever. I know a lot of, a lot of medical uh, personnel who are like, I, I can't do it for kink because it's what i do all day and i need to separate yeah no her theory on it 100 is wait i get to cause pain on purpose okay (laughs) there you go you're asking so she's a sadist she's a sadist looking for a place to consensually be sadistic she's i wonder if that's the nurse i don't like Not yours. The nurse at my the nurse where I get blood work done. I'm like, I'm wondering if she's actually a sadist, and that's why she stabbed me in the arm. <laughs> All right, should we get back to mentoring? Oh yeah, now? hey, mentoring, <laughs> not needles anymore. Not your fear of needles and blood. Oh, okay. <laughs> Enough of that. Um, okay, so what are the kinds of things you should actually look for in a mentor? You should make sure that they are a vetable member of your community. And when I talk about vetting, I'm talking about 
hear the good and the bad because no one, and I will repeat, no one has a clean report card. We have all made mistakes. We all have that ex who, who will say crazy shit about us. And that's part of our journey. It's just to truly make yourself, you have to make yourself risk aware. And to truly mm-hmm. be risk aware, you have to hear both sides. So like when people are vetting me, I'm like, you can talk to my exes. Here you go. They're going to say some crazy shit. We can talk about it if you want. Because we've all made those mistakes. So always make sure that it's a vettable member of your community. And always make sure that there's someone that you mesh with on a friendly level. It's someone that you can trust to be like, hey, I'm not comfortable in this situation I've now put myself into because we always put ourselves there. (laughs) Can we talk about this? It needs to be someone that you can trust to have big, heavy conversations with that even if the conversation is bringing you shame, they're not going to pile that shame on top of it. So you you talk about somebody who's vettable in the community. That Mm kind of brings up another point that I've heard thrown around is people who are not necessarily part of their local community because maybe because of family, work, they need to sort of fly under the radar. Ooh, yeah. Can they still be mentors? Should they be mentors? I mean, that's... Yeah. I... So, as I said before, I am a former youth pastor. I managed to fly under my radar for years, being both active in my kink and leather community and still a youth pastor. There are ways to do things. Yeah, that things. does seem a little... Yeah, it's it's a very confusing... <laughs> it was a very confusing time. <laughs> that's, that's pretty contradictory in, in my brain. So yeah, good on you, though. That's awesome. And that's my thing when people are like, oh, I can't do this because of XYZ. I can't because of my standing in the community that's not kink because of my permission or profession or anything like that. You can fly under those radars. And I've talked to people before like, well, what if, what if my coworker walks into a munch? Great. You're both at the same munch and you're both there for a reason. Yeah. I've actually, I've, I've not a coworker per se, but somebody in my field who knew my supervisor personally. And I was like, we're just going to pretend we don't see each other. We don't know each other. You talk about flying under the radar. I've been doing that for years. Yeah, it's possible. And you can do it. I so background 20, 2004. I am very young. Previous 2003, 2004. Previous to having children, any of that. I still have a live journal. I'm home visiting ah. my parents. I accidentally don't log out of LiveJournal, of which my parents have now seen that I am a well-trained anal slut. (gasps) Because my mom opened it up and saw, you know, a post from my dom at the time. And that causes a huge blow up in my family. Huge blow up. I was no longer, you know, in the will for a little bit. There was not talking. (laughs) All of that goes on. I now hold a leather title. I am a 2018 Northwest boot black, you know, many, many moons later. And I had dinner with my parents last night. My parents have no clue that I am a boot black. 
I am very close with them. Is it a secret that's comfortable keeping? Not that comfortable because, well, I'm very proud of my title. But at the same point in time, my parents don't understand polyamory or kink. Like, no amount of discussion with them will get them to understand that. Oh, yeah, I ran into that same problem about poly. Yeah. The only reason I kind of really started talking to my mom about it was because of this podcast. And uh, she asks me about it now. I mean, my parents know I'm poly and kinky, but we don't discuss it past that. They know about it. They don't need to know details. But yeah, my mom has a difficult time wrapping her head around poly. She just kept saying, no, they're cheating. I'm like, I'm friends with the wife. I go places with the wife. We hang out together, just the wife and I. I don't care. It's cheating. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Let me be clear. My mom doesn't ask me about the kink. She asks me about the podcast. (laughs) So (laughs) it's a don't ask, don't tell situation. But I still kind of, I have to allude to certain things sometimes. And, you know, but her one rule is don't tell your father. Yeah. And I have a very general rule with anyone in my life, including my parents, including my coworkers, because I was outed at work on not on purpose a few years ago. You can ask as many questions as you, you want. You can ask questions. I will answer them truthfully, but you can't unhear that answer. So if the question you're going to ask might possibly change your view of me and you're not ready for that, let's rethink that question. I did the same thing with, with my, with my kids. I will give them, I said, I'm going to give you a minute to rethink it, make sure you really want me to answer that because I'm happy to answer it, but just make sure you really want the answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, last night at dinner, I, I about died. We had family dinner and game night and there was a question about, we're playing Trivial Pursuit, the 1981 version. Oh, wow. Yeah. There was a question that included leather in it. And my youngest, who's 13, <laughs> was like, well, you should know this answer. And I was like, what? Uh, and he's like, well, you're a boot black. And my parents know that <gasps> I love to take care of leather. So that's not that big of a deal. But I was like, oh, let's please not open up any more questions. Because tonight <laughs> is not the night. I have had margaritas. Tonight is not the night. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oops. Can you imagine? Oopsie-daisy. Oh, like, I don't have kids, so I have not had any of those extra special experiences that you guys have had, <laughs> but I can't even. Mike? I can't. I'm like, I don't. I, I, I had to come out to my daughter as kinky when I forgot I was covered in bruises and she saw them. That Oops. happens. My kids have always had very age appropriate answers. So as far as either one of them go, they're 13 and 15. Um, I'm queer And I'm an educator and I teach things along the line of sex ed to people who are interested in leather. And that's cool. But like both of them have, have tried to name drop me. They're like, well, my mom's, my mom's a a title holding boot black. And I was like, that person doesn't even understand that, but thanks. (laughs) (laughs) This is getting, you know, they're proud of you. They're good kids. Well, Let's not get into how lacking sex education is, but oh, can you imagine God. if it was this comprehensive? <laughs> oh, minors and kink, that's a whole discussion that's also happening over on social media. Yeah, well, your not- child was a minor when you talked to her about kink. Yeah, my daughter tells me to shut up all the time. She goes, I don't want to know that much, mom. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. So we talked about something she should look for in a mentor. What would you consider to be a red flag in a potential mentor? Um, revolving doors. Mm-hmm. Revolving doors of someone who has a mentee, then doesn't have a mentee. Has a mentee, then doesn't have a mentee. And that also goes revolving doors as far as like collars. If they're one of those people who operate within the Velcro collar world, to me... Time out. <laughs> Velcro collar world. Yes. You this is a new phrase for me. Oh, you don't know this one? No, 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 no. I do not. Okay. I and would... she's not talking like l- literal Velcro. That's okay, because that's <laughs> what I thought you meant. No. Like, act, like the collar had a Velcro back and you just go, whoop, that's no. off. But that's it's not the much, literal Velcro. That's, that's the mental aspect of it. It's A Velcro collar is considered someone who you've been on a date or two and you are bam in a collar. And then you have an argument and that collar comes right back off. Because it's so Velcro. Mental Velcro? Yeah, mental, mental Velcro. Yeah. I love it. See? I love it. That's a really I cool didn't know phrase. You didn't know that, I, that term. There's a shit ton of phrases I don't know, Rara. <laughs> cool. See, you're always learning. Because we are an educational podcast. Look at us teach. Because I don't do social media, and that's where all the new phrases come from. And I'm like, um, okay. I knew Velcro collar before we ever did the podcast and started social media. Aren't you the special one? What do you want? <laughs> a cookie? Yeah. Oh, yes. I would love a cookie. Please. Okay. Cookies are delicious. <laughs> I'll go up and get you a cookie. Do you have any? No, I don't have any cookies. Well, then no cookie for you. I have ice cream. Okay, we'll eat ice cream. Okay. There you go. <laughs> this is just how we are. Sorry. I love it. All right. So we've talked a lot about what to look for in a mentor and red flags in a mentor. But let's flip it. Because sometimes the mentor is the good person. Mm-hmm. The mentee is the problem. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the Velcro person? Well, it could also... Either side could be Velcro. Yeah, either side could be But let's be talk about what are things you should look for in a mentee and what are considered a red flags for a mentee. Um, red flags are going to be the same thing. People who have that revolving door of relationships and things like that. 100% as you're going through your journey, you're going to have something that needs problem solving skills. And if these people are ones who don't want to solve the problem, who don't want to have the discussion, just want to move on. That's not who you want as a mentee either. Good things to look for in a mentee is that their communication style matches yours. If you are someone who gets antsy if someone says, I need to talk, and they're someone who has, who their feelings come out verbally, their big feelings come out verbally, that's not going to be a good match. For me personally, if you look at me and say, I need to talk. And we can't have that conversation right then and there. I'm going to spend the next four hours or until we have that conversation in an anxiety spin. Look, if somebody comes up to me and says, we need to talk or can we talk? I may be like, what do I do? As long as it's not my boss. When my boss says that, forget it. But for me, I know that I communicate better both relationship wise and in a mentor mentee dynamic in written word. So if they send me an email that's eight paragraphs long, divulging all of their feelings, that works great for me. But then to do it verbally, I get sidetracked, I get lost, I lose the message. So communication style is a giant thing that should be looked for on either side of that. So what are some good things then? Some things really go, this person can totally be an awesome mentee. I'll take it. Someone who's willing to um, admit when they're wrong. Someone who understands that mistakes will be made on both sides. 
you're you're looking for that person who is really wanting to do the self growth. So you're looking for that open and honest and I'm going to fuck up. Ooh, can I say fuck? Sorry if I can't. No, you can curse. Uh, okay. we, like, we fucking curse all the goddamn fucking time. It's all good. I was like, wait, I don't think. But um, someone who who is very secure in themselves also. Because you can't be... It, it's still a dynamic. You're still a team. And if you're not secure in yourselves, you can't expect the other person to carry you. Yeah, that's a very good point. Even Even being a submissive, you still need to be secure enough to be able to do things. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, do you see, do you understand what I'm saying? No, no. Damn. I lost her. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like what she said. You can't expect somebody to carry you when that's kind of what you do as a sub, but it's like, not really. All right. Now, now I see where you're going mm-hmm. with this. Yeah. Okay, I'm not very good at explaining that, I, but I, yeah, if I'm going to have to tell you what to do, then you might as well be my submissive. If you yeah. want to be my mentee, I can help guide you and teach you, but you got to do the shit yourself. But like, if you're a sub teaching a sub how to sub, that part is where I'm just like, okay, you still need a little bit of independence if you're doing that, if they're a mentor mentee. And besides the sub that's mentoring may not, they'll feel like a dom and that'll throw them off mentally. Ask the next question because my brain just went on fire. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I confused myself with that, but. How do you know when you are ready to be a mentor? I mean, I know there's no like certificate. You've passed. You can now be a mentor. Is there a class you can take on being a mentor? Um, yeah, sh- she teaches it. Oh, <laughs> duh. No, I meant, I meant, do you give, never mind, shut up. I meant, do you like actually give certification at the end of your class? You can be a certified mentor now. You know what? In the grand scheme of everyone needs to have paperwork. Yeah, probably. I'll just start printing off certificates. You know, you're you're certified by Moxie Minion. It, yeah, yeah, I totally want one. <laughs> you haven't taken the class. Take the okay, class. Okay, I'll, I'll take the class, and then I totally want a certificate. Okay, with like a gold star sticker, please. Oh, a sticker. She has a thing. praise kink. She has a total praise kink. That's going to be her praise. <laughs> no, I just like stickers. Stickers are a thing. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and now I forgot what question we're talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> how t- <laughs> say welcome to our world. This is what happens all the time. This is why we have we have the word out. We need a podcast dom to make sure we stay on track. We've had this we've had this out for about three or four episodes now. No takers. No I, one wants to take this job. I think we scare them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the question is, how do you know when you are ready to be a mentor? That's 100% a personal choice and a personal thing. When you are ready to be a mentor, it's, I kind of look at it like my cup is full and I keep wanting to pour in. Who else can I pour into? Because if my cup is full, I don't want to overflow and make a giant mess of me all around. Analogies. I love them. <laughs> I had this mental picture of like a person being a cat trying to get into a very small cup area lit thing and just like spilling out over it. People are not liquid. Cats are liquid. <laughs> Shut up, Rara. Word. Moxie, do you get me? I get you. I totally get you. Pits- she does not get me right now, and I feel like you get me with the whole cat people thing. Thank you. And I'm the one who owns a cat. Yes. I used to own a cat. You did. He's a monster and he's at my mom's house now, but I had him. 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, back to craft. Back to the, I think the mentorship is one of those things where you get to a point where you want to share your knowledge and you want to share your expertise, if you will. And you want to keep pouring into other people and not make a mess of you on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Consensually pouring into other people, not forcing your opinions on folk. (laughs) I love it. That's a whole different kink. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, we're we're good. We're good. All right. So that leads to how do you become a mentor? Now you've decided your cup is not running over. You will not be making a mess and pouring on the floor. (laughs) You are ready to become a mentor. What's the next step? Oh, God, the mental images you guys are giving me right now. The next step is... I just went with the flow. Oh, no, she didn't. (laughs) No. (laughs) Fired. I can't be fired from my own podcast. Oh, but can you? (laughs) No, I really can't because she can't do this by herself. <laughs> no, just the social media shit alone. I'll be like, nope, done. <laughs> You're like, this was great okay. while it lasted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. What time? Nope. I'm out. <laughs> okay. So, yes. To be- You've decided your cup has room. You can become a mentor. Now <laughs> your what? Cup has room. You're not making a mess. Um, the thing is, is have those deep conversations. Go to those, like, If you want to be a mentor and this is like your whole life goal, interesting life goal, (laughs) not judging. I wasn't going to say that. (laughs) But go to those, like if you're, if you're on the S side and you want to be an S side mentor, go to those, you know, discussion groups for submissives, littles or whatever you're wanting to mentor it. Go to those discussion groups where people are having the hard conversations, make those connections with people because 100% at the end of the day, it's all about that connection. It's all about the connection and communication, make those connections with people. And if someone comes to, I've never been someone to be like, I am a mentor. Come see me. I'm like, Oh, you want mentoring? Okay. Let's talk about this. Let's see if what my mentoring style looks like, versus what you want have those conversations with people because no matter what in these groups you're going to have people who are like newer or feel lost who want mentors and just hey i've been doing this for 15 20 years however long you've been doing this i've had these experiences i'm available to have these conversations with you if you would like to have them with me okay cool so where are some good places to find a mentor not on FetLife. Oh, okay. Well, th- considering that's how, no, that's how I found Valdemar. <laughs> I'm I'm a hundred percent in agreement with this. I made the mistake of posting in the daddy's baby girl's personal oh boy ads going, Hey, I'm new. I need a mentor. Well, that was your that first my mistake. smartest move, okay? I admit it. But you didn't know. I, I didn't know. But because the point is, I looked at it from the point of I'm a good person. I do good things. Other well, people are good people and do good things. And I was wrong. Yeah, Doesn't happen very often. That's not a thing. But I was wrong. Finding a mentor when you are searching for a mentor, finding a mentor, the best place to look are in these groups and look up to the people you look up to in these discussion groups or small munches or specialized munches. Um, 
classes also help find people you look up to and have have the talk being like hey let's talk about this I'm looking for a structured mentorship if you're looking for a structured mentorship not everyone is and that's okay I'm looking to be mentored would you be interested in doing this do you think this is something that your skill set can cover but not on FetLife absolutely not yeah no okay I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that one okay <laughs> all right well any last minute words of advice about mentorship that we haven't covered here today you're both going to make mistakes. You're both going to make mistakes. There are times that you will fail your mentee. There are times that you will fail your mentor. Have the conversations to get through them. Don't just light things on fire and walk away from someone who likes to light <laughs> Burn things on it to fire the ground. and walk the fuck away. Don't do that because there's still stuff left to learn on both sides. And remember that as a mentor, you're also constantly learning. Your mentee has so much to teach you about how to communicate, how to reach out to other people who are in a situation that's not like your own. And just remember, it's always a growth process. And that sooner or later, you might outgrow each other. And that's okay, too. Mentor-mentee relationships do not last forever. Most of them do not last 10 plus years like Ten mine years. did. <laughs> and I will flat out say when mine ended, it's because my mentor decided to burn it to the ground. Okay, that'll be an interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have time for it nope. right now. So, <laughs> All right. Any other questions from you, Dara? I'm good. That was actually really interesting. All right. Well, I just want to thank Moxie so much thank for helping guys. us out today. If you don't follow Moxie Minion on TikTok, you need to. Great content. I love your kink talk up, uh, daily updates. <laughs> but kink talk Those are great. See, now you have to do it like that lady or person I don't know what they identify as who crawls underneath the table. I love and gives them the updates, so much. <laughs> right? So, so we have to get you a table for you to crawl <laughs> under the table and give us your daily... Dara doesn't do TikTok, so she has no clue what I'm talking about. I but haven't I'm gonna, done I'm one gonna... in about a week because I've been sick and battling, you know, the, the forest fires outside. So <laughs> you are battling a forest fire or you're well, <laughs> surrounded by them right now. So like gross. Our air quality has been unhealthy for two weeks straight. And we've gross. been all the way up to like we maxed out. We hit 500. So like we don't know how to go any higher. So it oh. is super gross here. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Well, but you've made the time to talk to us and we truly appreciate we that. We really do. That was really so, interesting. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Thank you so okay. much for having me. Thank you for hanging out with us today. If you have a question you would like answered or just have a story about the lifestyle you want to share, you can send us a voicemail and maybe it will be shared in a future episode. Just go to pinkkinkpodcast.com to contact us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife at the handle Pink Kink Podcast. Join our Facebook group, Pink Kink Podcast, and hang out with other pink kinksters. If you love what we do and are able to help support us, we are on Patreon. Just look for us on patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast. Even if you can't show your support financially, 
there are other ways you can help. You can spread the word about our kinky podcast and tell your friends about us. You can also rate and review Pink Kink on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The five-star reviews really help. Don't forget to subscribe to Pink Kink so you don't miss a minute of the fun. New episodes come out every Friday. So until next time, stay pretty, stay safe, and stay twisted.